worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. 
Well, let's praise the Lord this morning. Amen. God is so wonderful, so amazing. God is so wonderful. God has been here already this morning. He is here today, and God is ready to move and do something wonderful. Today is a celebration of the last four years, the last 25 years, the last 100 years for this church, maybe even back 2,000 years ago. And I believe for all eternity, God was planning this day, and He was planning the future. The building project is getting ready to go. Today is groundbreaking. It is a wonderful, momentous day. Amen. We are in for a day of celebration, just one awesome thing after another, one wonderful guest after another. We'll be introducing here in just a little bit, and we are so happy that you're here. It's awesome to look back at the history and the different times that we've built and grown, but it's so wonderful that here we are today that God still has a plan for you, for your children, your grandchildren, and just a wonderful outreach for this community and this church. It's going to be wonderful. What a great day to be here. If you would... If you would, just reach around there to somebody, find five or six people around you there to shake their hand, welcome them to church. It is going to be a wonderful day. Give them a God bless you, a hug, and say, man, you're in the right place. Let's celebrate. back to old Harlem Park. There was a white-haired gentleman who got out to the streets that night. He said, Satan, I cast you to the north, to the east, and to the west. He said, you stay out of here. And ever since that day, we have felt a sense of victory. God has always moved us forward. Lord, we praise you. You are victorious. We praise you, Lord. You are always fighting for us. Heaven's angels all around. My delight is found in knowing that you wear the victor's crown. You're my help and my defender. You're my savior and my friend. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. At the mention of your greatness, in your name I will bow down. In your presence, fear is silent, for you wear the victor's crown. Let your glory fill this temple, let your power overflow. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. Oh! 
adults right where you are this morning if you feel comfortable why don't you just lift up your hands the bible says lift your hands unto god clap your hands cry unto the lord bow unto the lord however you feel comfortable this morning we ought to give him praise in this house lord we honor your presence we honor your power that's at work in faith in this place we give you praise today and we lift up your name Lord, you are the author of our faith, the finisher of our faith. You're the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Lord, we give every care, every concern to you. And we lay it before your feet this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Beginning and the end. He's never failed you. Never failed you. He's been faithful through every circumstance of your life. Won't you sing with me? How great. How great. How great is our God. One thing we do traditionally in our church is every Sunday we remember and we follow the admonition of Scripture in remembering Israel, praying for, this, for the good of Israel, praying over her to protect her. You know, the Bible says if we'll remember to seek the good of Israel, we'll be blessed. How many of you want God to bless you in every area of your life? As we pray now for them, we also want to pray for a couple of families in our church this week. Sister Kathy Coldiron on Monday, we had services for her and she's standing in God's presence this week. We also pray for the family of Shirley Pfaff who passed away and we had her service on Tuesday. And yesterday, we lost Brother George Leedy who would be sitting right over in this area right here with his family. He is walking the presence of God for the last, oh, 24 hours. And he's there and how many of you know he doesn't have a care in the world? He is happy as he could possibly be. But you know there's family that needs comfort, amen? Family that needs strength. The Holy Spirit is able to provide. So we pray for all of these families. We pray for the state of Israel. We pray for how many of you have an unspoken need? You'd say, Pastor, remember me in this corporate prayer together. As we pray, let's remember these. Father, as we come before you, we thank you and we honor you, God, that you are a God of great love and compassion. You're a giver. You're a lover. And Lord, we honor you today. We know that we've experienced the mercy and the grace of the Lord in our own lives. So we pray now in these difficult days for these families that you would touch them in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe you, Lord, to be their peace, to be their strength, to be the, the love that binds them together in a difficult hour. And Lord, that you will help them to be victorious. We thank you for the saints of God that now stand in your presence safe and secure. We thank you for the lives and the legacies that they have left us. But Lord, we now carry on 
And in the name of Jesus Christ, until we're all reunited again, God, we pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray for your power and presence to be with them. And Lord, we pray today for the state of Israel. Lord, with attacks on every side and enemies on every border, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will keep them, protect them. We seek their good. We pray for their leaders. We pray, Lord, for their soldiers. We pray for their borders. And we pray for moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. We pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ and seek the good of Jerusalem. We ask in the name of the Lord that you would keep them and protect them as they are part of your internal destiny for this planet and for this earth, for the work that you're doing for the kingdom. We honor you today and we bless you for it and we give you praise. Now for every hand that was lifted, for every circumstance that we pray for, we pray in the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, nothing is impossible. We pray this now, giving you glory and honor. And everyone agreed and said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, I'm excited that you're here today. Look at somebody and say, he looks good in the bow tie. That's just to give me confidence. <laughs> After the 8.30 service, I almost turned around and went home and got a regular tie. But we're just going to rock it today. We're going to rock this. All right. God bless you. We are so excited that you're here on this very historic and very momentous day. One that will go down in history. There were several in our legacy through the years. I mean, we celebrate 100 years this year. And it was in 1915, 100 years ago, that a family got together and started a little Bible study and prayer meeting on their front porch in Middletown on Auburn Street at a little house there that still stands. 100 years later, you see a building, you see it full of people, and you see a bunch of presentation drawings for the future. Boy, we've sure come a long way from the front porch, haven't we? And God has blessed this church. And all throughout its history, we have always, always, it seems, from Clayton Street to Harlan Park, all the way forward to Stratford Heights, we've always been building for the kingdom. This church is notorious for always being in some kind of project. After we get this done, we'll have to come up with another one because that's just who you are. But I'm so proud today to be a part of this historic time because every one of us, and I love what Brother Bishop Isaac said earlier in, in the first service. He said, you know, we're all part of this historical name. Our names will go down in history as being part of this today. And I am so proud that we've come this far. The Lord has led us and guided us, kept us, provided for us. We started a few years ago, and it just seemed like, you know, everything was just waiting on the season and the time that God would prepare and get us ready. And then he'd say, on your mark, get set, go. Well, we're at go. And I am so excited. I can't hardly wait. I hope that you'll take time after service today. We'll move these presentation drawings out into the lobby so you can study them, look at them, dream with us about them. But we're so excited that we're here at this point in our service and in our time together. We're also thankful to the Lord. My Bible, Richard. We're thankful for where God has brought us and how he's done that work in us. Should never really 
go forward in a building project until you've counted the cost. And we've done that. You've done that as a congregation as we've moved forward. Amazing how the yes on building, Sister Linda came at a momentous time and a historic time in the church as well because up to this point, we've always carried We've always carried a mortgage and we've always carried, you know, bills for the buildings that we were in. And today I get the privilege as we are announcing and introducing some special guests and we're groundbreaking at the end of this service. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so awesome. I can't wait. But we don't do it in our timing. We do it in God's. And in God's timing, I get to announce to you today that the $4 million building at the last appraisal that you're sitting in right now is completely paid for, debt-free. Amen. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28 says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. We've counted the cost. We stand at the threshold of an open door. The Stratford Heights Church of God is looking to the field, literally. Not only symbolically and spiritually, but we're looking to it physically, literally. And as we look to it, we are blessed today to say, all systems go. We're ready to march. We're ready to take off into the greatest year in one of the years of the 100 years of our history. You and I together with our, our pastor emeritus as he served so faithfully here for 18 years, we have built the Chaplaincy Care Center in Aradia, Romania. Five stories, beautiful building, being used every single day and they are feeding thousands of Romanian children and folks, immigrants, and they're doing this in, in every floor of that building. Some are medical floors, others are counseling floors, others are floors where missionaries are working and discipling and training leaders and pastors. And you, almost single-handedly, through your contributions, helped to build that beautiful building. At last report, you as one church gave over $500,000 to building the Chaplaincy Care Center in Romania. It's up. Amen. It's up and running, and God is blessing it, and it often makes the front page of the uh, Romanian newspapers. I never can read the headlines, but I see the picture. We also are responsible for the last four years in helping a little church in Quito, Ecuador, the Hosanna Christian Center. That church, every time they flip on a light or walk into their building or have any of the utilities come along, they know that Stratford Heights is going to faithfully support them and take care of those bills. You have been supporting 100% of that church's utility and mortgage for the last four years. You've helped them as they now are on their own building project. And they are gonna build a brand new building for themselves. And then as you know, it was just in February, a couple of months ago, that I returned from Barrow, Alaska, the top of the world, 
just a few miles north of the North Pole. Coldest day I've ever had in my life was dedication day. I thought that I've tried my best to describe how cold it was. And the only way I could say it is this. If your face was being cut off with a knife, that must be what that felt like. It was the coldest minus 57 with a wind chill that I have ever felt in my life. But you know, those people were as warm as they could be. And with all of our difficulties trying to get to Barrow in the blizzard, the volcanic eruptions and everything, when we walked in, those Alaskan natives packed in there 200 strong, started cheering and clapping and gave a standing ovation because the preachers were finally there. You helped to build their building. And they're de they've dedicated it. I was there for that. They're using it in ministry. And God is blessing them at the top of the world. What I love is that God has now said to the little front porch of Middletown, a hundred years, he says, it's time for you now. You've been faithful to help us build around the world. Now, I'm gonna help you build in Middletown. We have a discipleship center. We have a whole new children's ministry department. And we have a commons area and we have a bookstore and we have a youth auditorium, 250 seat. We have all kinds of beautiful diagrams and presentations to show you about where we're headed in the next 10 to 12 months. But what's very important is that it's not us that's doing this. I believe with all of my heart and it's been confirmed over and over and over again. Psalm 127 and verse one says it best. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. We are here because God has his hand on the people and the ministry at Middletown, Ohio. Can you say amen? Amen. So as we begin our journey into the future, we're going to say goodbye to the past, and that means a mortgage with Chase Bank. And I would like Pastor Emeritus and Sister Myrtle Watkins, if they will, to come forward as our special guest today. This man dreamed and planned, and he was a part of working with Raycon and Archon at that time, Archon Builders, to bring this building, this beautiful building, into place. And he has served faithfully 18 years as my pastor and as your pastor, many of you. And so today I've invited him to come. And since he was part of making, I come in on the tail end and got to celebrate paying the last mortgage payment. But he's the one who carried it in his heart for all those years. So I want to honor him, Brother Watkins, and the work that you did as our pastor. And I want you to be the one that burns this note and says goodbye to the Chase mortgage over this building. I'm gonna hold it.
Well, can you say praise the Lord? Amen. We'll be hearing from Pastor Watkins in just a few moments. But man, aren't we grateful people? Amen? Amen. What an awesome day. I'm telling you, the Lord is in this. I said, I'm telling you, the Lord is in this. I'm so proud. We're so delighted today to have with us our special guest. The ushers will be coming in just a moment to share, uh, to give you an opportunity to give. But I want to recognize our special guests, and then immediately we're going to hear from uh, two of our guests that are here. We'll hear from our guest speaker, and I'll be telling you about them in just a moment. But I want to recognize our state overseer, and I want uh, Brother Bishop Wayne Doherty from Ohio, Columbus, to stand, if you would. We honor you as our special guest today. Bishop, if you'll make your way up here, I'd like you to greet the folks. Next, I would like to recognize a gentleman who is no stranger to anyone uh, who has been part of our history at all. He's certainly no stranger to this building because he built it. And he was out here and, and helped us and helped Pastor Watkins for many years. I was just the youth pastor back then. But we're delighted. And as soon as I, I made invitation, he didn't even hesitate. He said he'd love to be here today. And I appreciate Raymond Kahn. Ray Kahn, would you stand? This is the builder. He is a very distinguished builder and, and more particularly known amongst us because of his Church of God history. His family, the Khans, go way back in our history and they have been a part of guiding and directing uh, the very foundations of our uh, denomination. But he is a builder and he builds all over the world and uh, we're delighted to have him come on board with us to help us realize this dream. Thank you, Brother Khan. We also, I want to recognize, where are they, Beverly and James Jones, pastors at the Southern Hills Church of God in Oklahoma City. Would you stand? We want to recognize you. This is Jamie Bales and Cameron, Bale, uh, Cameron <laughs> Jones, mother and father, Whitney, Brian. We're so delighted that they're with us today. They, they slipped in on the weekend, uh, but we're so delighted that they're here with us today and thank them for coming all the way to Oklahoma City just to be here for this note burning. It had nothing to do with your family, I'm sure, as they sit close to Whitney. <laughs> we're delighted that they're here with us today. And also, I want to give you the opportunity to officially welcome our Pastor Emeritus and his wife, Sister Myrtle Watkins, who are here with us today. Then our special guest will be coming in just a few moments. It was Bishop Bill Isaacs who 
first sat down with me when I had questions and he dreamed with me and he helped us as we talked about the potential possibility of a building project and expansion program for this church. He walked me through many years of, of being a, a, not only a mentor, but a, also a friend. And I appreciate he and his wife, Shelly, who are here with us today. They are not only well-respected in our state and in our nation and denomination, but they also are very close and good friends to me, and I love them very much. He will be coming to minister the word in just a few moments. I asked him about three years ago. I said, hey, you got to preach the groundbreaking service. And he was like, okay, no problem. And he was overseer then, Bishop. And then several times throughout the years, he would say, we about ready? <laughs> we close? Where are we at? So we're here. And I'm delighted that he made it a priority to be here today to speak to you. And what a message I have already heard in the first service. And also, I want to recognize Pastor Roland and Sandra, Sandra Pendley, who are also with us. Brother Pendley, would you stand? We're so delighted that you and your wife are here with us today. We honor you. Thank you. I want our bishop, our state overseer, who we honor. I'm so thankful that you made time to come and be with us today. He preached, actually, already this morning, and he got in the car and, threw, and flew over here to be with us, and uh, we're excited that, that he's here. I want him to greet you now. Thank you, Pastor. Greetings, church. What an honor it is to be with Dr. Khan this morning, Bishop Isaacs and his wonderful wife, Shelley, Pastor Emeritus, Brother Watkins, and your, your pastor, Pastor Phillips. What a, what a day. I sat there a moment ago, and I thought about the porch from which this church had come. Tupero, Alaska, Quito, Ecuador, Aradia. Is Aradia or Arad? Aradia. I stood in Aradia in that very building that your church built. On the very front end of it's going up. They hadn't done the trimmings yet. The ministry of this church is reaching around the world. I thought about this old house. Ain't what it used to be. From the porch to a reach around the world. I respect what the pastor said now. It's time to see God do something enormous here at home. I like the scripture you quoted a while ago, except the Lord build a house. I wouldn't want to do anything for God that I didn't need him to help me with, except the Lord do it. We need the Lord to do it, along with his faithful people. One last thought. I thought about the children of Israel when they were crossing the Jordan. The instruction to Joshua was, get some stones out of the bed of that river and put on the other side of the bank so your children in time to come could look at these stones and say, what means these stones? There's people that pass this road every day. It's Nelson Road, isn't it? They look over here and they say, what means those stones? Not only this facility that Brother Watkins had erected with the Lord's help and the good people of this church, but the future facility that's envisioned in these portraits. People will drive by and say, what means these stones? Pastor, as we've said nearly 100 years, these stones mean here is where the Lord has helped us. 
And more than just buildings that's going to be built, the stones of the lives of these that go throughout this community, people say, what means these stones? These stones mean once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. I'm excited for what God is doing here at Stratford through your leadership, through the leadership of your ministry team. Glory be to God. It would not be a groundbreaking service if we did not hear from Pastor Emeritus Watkins. So I want him to greet you today and speak his heart. Greetings to you in the name of Jesus. A little dangerous to let me have the mic, but I promise not to abuse the privilege. God is a great God. I wondered how Pastor Ray would be able to, to uh, get the excitement up enough to build a secondary building. Any, any building outside of the sanctuary is a secondary building. But this building is laced with so many prayer requests. So many things have happened here until it had to be another building. Brother Ray did it. He did it, brother. God has brought you to a milestone. Just think of the wonderful building that you're going to build. I wondered how in the world you'd ever get enough excitement among the people. But there's excitement here. There's joy here. There's power here. There's anointing here. There's grace here. There's the presence of God. And you're yet to see what God is going to do through this wonderful plan. Brother Ray, my heart goes out to you. Every, every man must come into his own. And Ray has come into his own. God has brought him to a milestone. God has brought him to a place. And God's going to use you, brother. I think it's fitting for you to stand and give him honor. Let him know that you love him. Let him know that you're staying with him. Let him know that you're going to be with him. God bless you is my prayer. My prayers will certainly be with you. My heart is here. My soul is here. Brother, every dream I dream, I dream about this church. So God bless you, Brother Ray. We love you.
Thank you. We love you so much. You are father to us. And you will forever be our pastor. We love you very much. Sister Myrtle, we love you. It's a good day. Before we receive our offering, I just want you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord, there would be nothing more appropriate at this moment than to just reverence and honor you. Your presence that's here. Lord, you are a mighty God. We honor you today because, Lord, you lead and you guide and you are the one who gives the vision and you outlay it for us. And, Lord, we are obedient in following after you. And in that call is so much celebration. We honor you for today. We bless your name. And, Lord, we will do our very best to please you, to be faithful to you, to obey you. As we give you the honor today, we ask your blessings upon all of our guests, all of our families who are here today. I pray, God, that you will bless them abundantly as we together over the next 10 to 12 months, Lord, will be working diligently together. I pray you'll lay upon your people blessing, unmanifold blessings, so that, God, your work can go forward. I'm believing you, Lord. I believe that you will provide. I believe that you will pave a path of victory and favor for us. And God, I'm believing that this will stand as a testimony to our Father God, how amazing and wonderful you are. We give you the honor as every piece of this property, every wall and every floor, every room is given and dedicated to you. 100 years and going strong until you come. In Jesus' name. Now bless our offering. Bless our gifts as those who've come today are prepared to give. We pray that you will bless their hearts and lives. Bless their jobs. Bless them in this year, God. And as they give to your house, I pray they will know blessings untold. And your work will be done in their lives in many ways. In Jesus' name, amen.
your hands to the Lord all over this place this morning. Father, do breathe on us today. Let the glory of your presence, Lord, fill this house to the glory of your name. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 3 this morning for our scripture, verses 1 through 4. As you're turning to that passage, let me say thank you to your great pastor, who is my friend. I said in the early service, two wonderful things happened to me in Ohio. One of them was meeting my wife, Shelly. And the second best thing that happened to me was becoming friends with Ray Phillips. How I value and treasure the relationship that we have together. How much it means to me. And uh, I appreciate being here today. So many others, our state bishop who could have preached this just as well and just as marvelously. Love Wayne Doherty so very much. And to witness all that we have witnessed today, what a full day it's already been. But stand with me, please. Let's read Joshua chapter 3, and let's answer this question in the next few moments before we bring this day to a momentous conclusion. Let's answer the question, now what? Now What's the next big thing God's about to do? Think about 100 years of history, and you think about what this church has been and all it's done, and you hear the accomplishments and the achievements and all that's happened. And So what's next? What's the next big thing that nobody in the world thinks can happen, that God says, I'm about to do something in your midst that you could not understand? If I were to tell it to you, he told one of the prophets, you couldn't figure it out. What's next? I remember sitting one time in a church in Louisiana that had 35 active members who had somehow convinced me that they needed to build a family life center on that interstate highway, on Interstate 20 between Vicksburg, Mississippi and Monroe, Louisiana. And they were gonna pay for it with fireworks. Their strategy was to sell fireworks by the interstate because they believed that God had spoken to them to build that building for the training and the connection with their community. It took them two years to convince me they could do it. Not only did they do it, they built it and they paid for it in four years with the sale of fireworks on the side of the road. And you know what I figured out? I figured out that God touched the heart of every person within hundreds of miles of Dunn, Louisiana that wanted fireworks and drove them right to that place. Because God does that. When a man's ways please the Lord, 
God does that. And I remember in the dedication, sitting there on that platform thinking, my Lord, if God can do this, what else can He do? And if after a hundred years, God could do this, what's next? Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. God's about to say something to us in this house. Joshua chapter 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. He and the sons of Israel set out from Shechem and came to the Jordan and lodged there before they crossed. At the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant, your God, with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. That's about a half a mile. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Father, I thank you for what you're about to do in this room. I feel your presence strongly in my heart. I have a sense that you have ordered these next few moments for a divine connection by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will speak these words not as words from merely the lips of a man, but that they will be anointed by your Spirit because, God, what comes by the Spirit will last. It will change. It will transform. Let these next several minutes, God, be full and heavy with your presence as you speak to this church and its leadership about what's ahead of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody says amen. And you may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, now what? On a spring night, in the middle of the night, Moses and Aaron were summoned to the court of Pharaoh. That night, the firstborn of every male and every animal had died because God had told them it was going to happen. Except in the houses where the blood had been sprinkled on the doorpost, there had been a mass death angel through that land. Pharaoh told Moses and the children of Israel to get out. It had been a process long in the waiting, and they left in the middle of the night. That may not mean anything to you unless you were in that crowd. But you just stop a moment and think about the fact. The Bible said there were 600,000 men. If half of those men had a wife, that's 300,000 more. And if each of those families had two children, that's another million. We're getting near two million people moving out all together with all their junk and their stuff and their animals and their livestock in the middle of the night headed out, going where? Going to some promised land. They didn't have a GPS. They didn't have satellite digitry. All they had was a promise. I promised it to your fathers and I'm going to bring you to the land. 
and they started out. Two million. Now just let your mind wrap around that a second. The football stadium in Ohio State at Columbus holds 100,000 people. We're talking about 20 football stadiums of people. Shelly and I went to San Francisco a few months back and it's around the Christmas holidays and I didn't even know this was some kind of a protest movement in the United States. I don't keep up with that, but apparently there is a protest movement against Christmas called SantaCon. And all the people dress up like Santa Claus and they clog up traffic and they clog up the streets. We just happened to choose that wonderful day to go. You couldn't move. You couldn't walk down the streets. You couldn't go through the stores. And they said there were 50,000 of them. Two million people are walking out through the desert going toward where? A promise. They're going to spend 40 years trying to get there. But they will get there because God gave them a promise. You know, sometimes with God, all you have is a promise. You don't have any tangible evidence. You just have a promise. And you hold on to it with all of your heart. And your friends tell you you're crazy and your kinfolk tell you it never happened and the banker says there's no way that'll come to pass. But if God has promised, if God ever said to you a promise, then I'm telling you, sister, I'm telling you, brother, you can take it to the bank. God always keeps his promise. God always delivers what he promised. And he told Abraham, I'm going to bring your children's children, descendants to this place. So they're going to make it. So what does that mean to us? A hundred years ago, a small handful of people in this community came together because they believed God had called them to start a church. And God began to make promises to those people. And while you were not there, you are living out the promises that God made to a former generation. W.D. Watkins pastored this church from 1989, I believe, until 2007, 2007, 2008. How many promises did God make to Pastor Watkins? Some of the promises that Ray Phillips is living out now are the promises God made to a former generation. The promises God are making to us now, some of us may never see them. Some of us may never go through this experience here. But we have a promise from God that God is going to deliver and God is going to bring to pass. So let's take just a moment, just a few moments. Let's look at this story and see how it relates to Stratford Heights. Number one, they had a mission that they had to embrace. They were called to leave Egypt and go to a place that was far away. And they had to trust God for it. This church likewise has a mission that God is calling us to embrace. And it's a big mission. Bigger than some of us can even realize. And that's the thing I want to make sure you get. Is that oftentimes the mission that God has, the plans that God has for this church, they're so much bigger than we could ever imagine. We come here Sunday after Sunday. We see our friends. We worship together. We sing in the choir. We go through the functions of our community. And we don't always appreciate how much God is working in our midst. 
the plans that God has, the things that God is doing, the people that God is raising up in this church, the mission that God is extending, not only in this community, but in the communities that this church will touch everywhere. Here's a discipleship building. It's got assembly space and community space. I see a lot of words that talk about children. And I couldn't help but think this morning that somewhere many years ago, Billy Graham walked into a Sunday school class and somebody taught him about Jesus. Now, nobody knew who Billy Graham was at the time. He didn't have a card that said, one day I will win millions. He didn't introduce himself as the greatest evangelist of our lifetime. He was just a kid that showed up in a church with a teacher who had a vision for planting God's word in the heart of children. And they didn't maybe get a lot of attention and their name may not be in the program, but they were a part of the mission that God had for that church because God's plans included Billy Graham and that plan spread throughout the world. So for some people, she's just a Sunday school teacher, but for God, she's a part of a plan that is going to win the world to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if I were you, I'd be lining up right now for one of these spots. I'd be lining up right now for one of these classes because you just don't know what God's about to do. You just don't know what God's about to accomplish with people who will be obedient and allow the mission of God to go wherever God takes it. Number two, there's a mission to embrace. There's a moment to live in. Now these people walk out of Egypt and they are out there in a crazy existence. But I need you to understand this with me. For 40 years they're out there. They face these obstacles. They face these difficulties. A lot of things change from when they originally started. And what they did is what you and I do. We get up every day and we trust God for that day. It's the way God designed it. God never lays out the 40-year plan. God says, you trust me today, and if you make it to tomorrow, I'll be there. You need manna today, I'll give you manna today. I won't give you manna for tomorrow, just today. You trust me for today. You live in this day, this moment. I'll take care of you. And that's what God is calling us to do, is to live in the moment that we're in. Here's something I noticed about these people. Whenever they got under pressure, what was their, their, their default mechanism was always this. Oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. I want to go back. There's no going back. And just for the record, they didn't want to go back to Egypt. Egypt was slavery. It was harshness. It reminds me a lot of people who lament about the good old days. They forget so many things that were back there in the good old days. They only remember the good stuff. But there's no going back. The reason they kept wanting to go back to Egypt because it was predictable. They could control their environments. They knew what they could count on there. But they didn't stop to think that when they were in Egypt, they were still living every day, trusting God, not knowing what the next day was going to hold. When you look back, you can always be predictable because there's a record there. But when you look forward, when you talk about the future, there is no record of the future. 
It's all about trusting God. It's all about surrendering and saying, God, wherever you're taking this church, wherever you're taking our ministry, whatever you want to do in me for the future, I commit myself to you. Living in the moment. Have you stopped to think for just a moment that you're living in this moment because God wanted you to live in this moment? I have a really good friend, and I, I, I'm going to try to do this real carefully because I know how it is when you talk about stuff like this, but I have a really, really good friend. She's a wonderful lady. I love her so very much. But how can I say this? I think I hear people say this sometimes. They say, she's big boned. My friend is large. Now, her largeness is not offensive to me. I love her anyway. She's large. She said to me the other day, and she has a great sense of humor about it. She said to me, she said, Bill, I just figured out what's wrong with me. I said, well, that's good because there's a lot of us been working on that for a while. She said, I'm a woman that was born out of season. I said, why? She said, you look at the great paintings of the 15th century. She said, had I been born with this physique, I would have been a goddess in the 15th century. You know why you're living in 2015? Because God wanted you to be here in 2015. And you've got to find a way with all the struggles and all the difficulties and all the challenges of life, you've got to find a way to live in the moment that God has placed you in and not be afraid of it and not be intimidated by it. I said in the first service, I've been a little disturbed about the hysteria and the panic that has gone through the Christian church because of the Supreme Court decision. Now, I'm not here advocating anything that I'm not advocating, but I'm just telling you that we ought to be celebrating this fact that what happened that day is exactly what Jesus predicted was going to happen. We are living in the moment precisely like Jesus said it was going to be. What it really means, it doesn't mean what you think it means. What it really means is the trumpet of God is about to sound and the Lord is coming in all of his glory. The Lord is coming in all of his glory. And this is the moment that God put us in. It's the moment that God planted us in this earth. And it's our responsibility to embrace the mission of God and do the work of ministry. A sensitivity to this moment that we live that we only have this shot. We don't have 20 years. We don't have 15 years. We have today. We have this moment. Will it matter that we have lived on this earth in this moment? History will record that we were here today. On July the 12th, 2015, we were here. We watched Pastor Ray Phillips and Pastor W.D. Watkins set a piece of paper on fire in this sanctuary and Richard McIntosh watched that the building did not burn down. Did you see that? I did. He was like a mother hen around that little place. See, 
It was like anointing or no anointing. They ain't burning this building down this morning. I'm telling you that. But here's the question. You were here. You saw it. What does it matter? If it's just another day on the calendar and just another time you came to church, it didn't matter. You might as well have been down at Dairy Queen. But if in fact this is the moment in which God is taking this church to the next place, to the fulfillment of a promise, then this day is the beginning of something that changes history. This day is the beginning of something that changes the trajectory of who we are and who God is calling us to be for his glory and for his honor. Final point. There's a mission to embrace. There's a moment to live in. There's a miracle to witness. The children of Israel are parked on the east side of the Jordan River. From where they sit in their tents, they can see the promised land. It's right over there. Their 40-year experience has been nothing more than just miracle after miracle after miracle. Their shoes never wore out in 40 years. They never had to stop by Old Navy and pick up a t-shirt. When they needed food, God gave them food. When they had enemies, God gave them victory. Day after day. Moment after moment. It was miracles after miracles after miracles. And isn't that the story of your life this morning? I mean, let's get real about the fact you didn't get here because you're smart. You didn't make it this far because you're slick or you know how to work the system. You got here because there's a God who still does miracles every day. There's a God who still helps you pay your mortgage. There's a God who still feeds your kids. There's a God that still keeps your car running. There's a God that heals your babies. You're a testimony. I'm a testimony of the miracle working power of God. The devil's trying every day to destroy your life, to destroy your kids. He can't do it because the angels of the Lord are encamped round about you. God is protecting you. I've been, you know, working this message now for a few weeks and I was laying in the bed the other morning, early in the morning, I was thinking, did the devil ever try to kill the Stratford Heights Church in its early days? What kind of temptations and challenges did they have to go through? What about when they moved over to Clayton Street? How hard was that? How many times did they fall on their face and say, God, if you don't help us, we don't know how to do this. How many marriages were saved at the old church? because of the miracle working power of God. How many checks showed up in the mail that nobody knew was coming because God made a way when there didn't seem to be a way. I'm just telling you, this church isn't about us. It's about Him. It's about what He's done. It's about how He's helped us all these years. So we are not afraid to go here if this is where God is telling us to go. Because every time we have moved in obedience to God, 
Every time we have surrendered our will to His will, every time God has worked the miracle. Four million dollars, is that right? Four million? You know how little four million dollars is to God? He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. Now, now listen, I'm not here, I'm, I'm not a manipulator, so don't you think I'm doing that. Just, I'm not, I'm not that way. But you don't think God couldn't walk somebody in this house and provide the kind of resources that we need for the kingdom of God? It all belongs to God anyway. It's not any of ours. And the moment that we are obedient to God, some of you need to be obedient. God's spoken to you. Some of you need to step up. Not because of anything I know or don't know. I'm just saying that this is about obedience to God. And in obeying God, it's about seeing and witnessing the miracle power of God. Let me show it to you and we'll pray. The prophet of God stands in front of the king of the land and says to them, as long as I say so at my word, it shall not rain on this land. God sent him to a brook. Birds, birds, birds brought him food. Birds. Because God sent the birds. That was the takeout system. Birds brought the food and he ate. And then God said, I'm moving you to another place. Food's a little better, nicer place. It's a widow woman at Zarephath. He gets over there to her house, and she's out there gathering up a few things. And he says, could I bother you for a cup of water? And she said, I'll get you one. He said, but as you go, would you bring me back a morsel of bread? Bake me some bread and bring it to me. And she stops. And she said, if I could, I would, but I can't. Because I don't have but just enough meal and just enough oil in my barrel to make one more cake of bread for me and that boy of mine, and then we're going to die. And the prophet said, but here's what you need to do. You make the cake of bread for me first. That's your act of obedience. Your trust in God. It wasn't about Elijah or his needing bread. It was about her obedience and trusting God. You bake that bread first for me. And here's what God's telling you. The barrel of meal shall never be exhausted and the oil will never run out. And for the rest of that drought, God provided food for that woman because she was obedient to God. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in every corner of this room, every corner of this room, you're speaking to us today. You're speaking to us individually. You're speaking to us corporately. Let there be an openness and an obedience right now to the Spirit of the Lord. Help there to be something that happens, that resonates in our spirit, that causes us to understand that we are in the presence of God right now. I pray for people who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ that they will be saved in the next several moments in this building. I pray right now for the kind of breakthrough that some have been praying for in their own life. Situations that they felt were outside of their control that they did not know how but God has shown them this morning that He is still a miracle worker that you are able to do exceedingly more than they should ever ask or think. I pray for the larger corporate needs of this body. I pray for where we're going. I pray that our faith will be strong. 
I pray that there will be a manifestation of courage that will rise up in the leaders of this church that will cause us to follow behind them with great faith in what God can do. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a very brief moment. If you're in this house and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have not made a confession of faith to God and you would like to give your life to Jesus this morning, lift up your hand right where you are. God would see your hand. He will save you from your sins. He will wipe away your debt of sin and give you new life. Anyone at all in this house, I do not know the Lord Jesus. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Is there one this morning? What an opportunity to give your life to Jesus to begin the next great chapter of your life, to begin it with Jesus Christ. Is there anyone in this house this morning that would say, Pastor, I am up against an obstacle in my life that is threatening my faith, and I need a miracle from God. Lift up your hand right where you are. Amen. All over the house. I'm facing a big moment in my life and I need God. God bless you. Every one of you that raised your hand, God sees that. Everybody in the house, stand up with me, please. All over the house, everybody stand. Everybody stand. We're about to go dig the dirt. But I don't want to miss this moment right here. There's probably a dozen different ways to do this, but here's what I feel like I want to do. I want you to take somebody who's standing by you by the hand. If you feel comfortable and you want to make a larger commitment, put your arm around their shoulder. Bring them in close. Dozens, dozens, dozens of people lifted their hand. I need a miracle from God. Let me tell you what I know about God. Right like that, just like that, God can perform the miracle that you need in your life right now. If it's healing, if it's whatever, whatever the need may be in your life, just right where you are. Everybody in this house, start praying right now. Everybody in this house, start praying, believing God with those who are beside you because we serve a God who is able. He is able. He is able this morning. There is nothing too hard for God. Pray, church. Pray. Pray out loud. Pray. Pray with earnest because God is in the house. God is in the house. God is here. Pray. Pray with earnest. Pray with faith. Pray believing that God is able. I'll be obedient to you, God. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm trusting in you for your power. I'm trusting you for where you're taking me. What's going on next in my life? I believe you, God, with all of my heart. I believe you. As best I know how, with all the energy that I have, I am putting my faith and trust in you this morning. I trust in you. I believe in you today. I believe in you today. Be real in my life, God. I need a miracle. I need healing for my body, Lord. I need a breakthrough in my family. I need uh, unity, Lord. I need God to touch in my life. I need somehow for my life to be changed. I need somehow for God to redirect my thoughts. I need a miracle in my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray, church. Keep praying. Don't give up praying. Pray another minute for me, please urgently calling on the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Nothing is impossible with God. 
All things are possible to him that believes. Put your faith and confidence and trust in the Lord this morning. He will grant you the desire of your heart. He will do for you what no one else can do. In the name of Jesus, I pray that prayer. In the name of Jesus, I pray that prayer. I pray that prayer right now in Jesus' name. Everybody look right here just for a moment. I want you to point your hand toward one of these placards that represent the vision that God is giving us for the future. I want you to point your hands toward that and I want you to pray a prayer of blessing. I want you to pray. You don't even know what you're praying about. I'm not, I don't know how to tell you to pray except to tell you to point your hands toward it and pray. Pray the blessings of God over it. Pray God will touch the builders. Pray that God will use the building construction for a kingdom agenda. Pray that workers will get saved while they work on these buildings. Pray that the anointing of God will be in every construction that takes place. Pray that God will take this building and use it for his glory. Pray. Pray. Everybody pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. In the name of Jesus. Pray, church. Come on, one more time. Pray. Call on the name of the Lord. Call. Hallelujah. Well, can you say amen? I feel the Lord so strong in everything we're doing here today. You know, as he mentioned, the, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. He said, and where the presence goes, where the ark goes, get up and you go. I believe with all my heart that God is leading this congregation and his presence is moving us into that new season. I'm believing for ministry. I'm believing for souls, for lives to be transformed and changed. I'm believing for us to see the greatest things that we have ever seen in the history of this church. How many of you believe the latter is going to be greater than the former? I'm believing that in the name of Jesus Christ. He's got his hand on us. And we're just part of his plan. You see, we're not. We're not the family, the original families. We're not those, that first pastor. We're not the, any of those people. As a matter of fact, very few folks. We have some family members in our church who are related to those, those beginning groups. But none of us were there. But I love what he said when he talked about we're here because of their faithfulness. And there's others, we don't know who's yet coming. We don't know yet who's gonna fill that seat beside you, who's gonna fill that classroom. We don't know yet, but I'm excited because I can't hardly wait to meet them. They're coming. I said they're coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I'll take you back to a scripture. When I wrestled and I wrestled with God as a young man, I said, Lord, I can't do it. I don't come from a, you know, a church of God background. My daddy wasn't a preacher. My mother wasn't a preacher until later. <laughs> Lord, I don't have, I didn't have all that stuff. I, I can't do this. I'm gonna embarrass myself. I can't even pray out loud. Lord, do you realize I can't pray out loud? I said, I'm going to embarrass myself and fall flat on my face. And he said, yes, you would. <laughs> but he said to me, he said, say yes, say yes. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled for hours 
until finally I remember the night that I looked up, Jane, and I said, okay, all right, yes, yes. And man, the Holy Ghost hit me. I fell to the floor in my bedroom. The presence of God began to work and lead me and guide me from that moment. And I went out and pulled a promise out of a box. And the promise said, what your faith says yes to today will determine what you are to be tomorrow. You turn it over and it was Zechariah 4 and 6. For it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's our promise as we move forward. It's not by might. Say it with me. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Amen. I want you to be seated for just a moment. We're going to give you instructions about where, what we're going to be doing over the next few moments. I would like at this point, all council members to come and stand behind me right here. And I would like the building committee members who have committed to our building committee. Would you follow suit and come with your wives? If your wives are here, I would like them to come with you. And everyone come to the stage, please. Now, I love the song they chose this morning, Breathe On Me. As it was on the day of creation, and as it was on the day of Pentecost, Lord, in 2015, breathe on us again. Amen? Amen. Where's Kristen? There you go. I want you to get some photos of these folks. How many of you are on the pastor's council? This is not a test. <laughs> How many of you are on our building committee? I want to see you. Thank you. Over the next year, we are going to be in meetings probably until all hours of the night. Raycon, you will get to know very well. <laughs> We will talk and we will hash and we will pray. We will wrestle and we will work together. As a mode of dismissal today, I, I want the congregation now, if you will stand please. And as we did just a few moments ago, we prayed over these drawings. I want us in a dismissal prayer today to pray over these folks. I want you to pray as you've, in, you've given them permission, your confidence and your trust I want you to, to pray over them that God will give them the wisdom to make decisions and to handle the everyday ins and outs of these building project uh, circumstances until we walk in there. And there'll be many times we'll need to call upon you and we'll, have a call to, we'll call a general council and we'll bring you together. And we'll ask all of you to be here for that meeting. But these folks you have trusted and you will trust over the next year to make some important decisions along the way. Would you now help me by stretching your hand towards all of us that God will be with us and you pray over your representatives so that God will anoint them so that we will see a testimony of God's goodness in this land over this next year. Pray with us now. Father, we give ourselves completely and wholly to you. We surrender to you and to your mind. We want the mind of God. We ask you to give us wisdom that comes only through the anointing of the Spirit of God. We know it's not by our own might or our own power, but by your Spirit. Now, Lord, we move now forward. This church is going to march forward. 
We're not going to stop until we have realized the dream that you've placed in front of us as a vision and you've commanded us now to move forward. Lord, we will roll up our sleeves, we'll work hard, we'll work faithfully, we'll work excellently. As we move forward, God, we will trust you for provision. We will trust you for blessing and favor. We will trust you, God, that we will see your hand in all that is done all along the way until we walk into that building on that final dedication day. And Lord, we remind ourselves and we want to acknowledge and confirm to you This building is not for us. It is not for our history or our heritage or for our name. It is to be erected for one purpose and one purpose only, for the kingdom of God Almighty and for the name that is above every name, no other name given among men whereby we can be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. We honor you with this building. We honor you with its space and its classes. We honor you, Lord, with every decision that is made, and we give it to you today and we will celebrate. And when we come back together, we will say, the Lord has surely built this house. In the name of Jesus, we honor you, we bless you, and we give you praise. And everyone together said, amen, amen. I'm going to dismiss our special guests. Richard, if you'll make sure all of our guests, all of our guests, if you'll take them out to the tent and our building committee and and you folks on the pastor's council, if you would take off, I want you to go and get in your place where you will be part of the the ceremony. The rest of us, is it raining out? Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's another answered prayer today. But as these folks are getting ready to go out, we're, we're going to do what is known as the groundbreaking ceremony. Our State Overseer is going to officiate here, and we're going to use an old-fashioned bullhorn. And it's going to be fun, and it's going to be historic, and we're going to take lots of pictures. So we want you to come out and be with us around the tent. Parents, if you need to slip out right now and and go get your children, uh, check them out of Children's Church. We want to honor you and let you go ahead right now. Now I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being here today, a wonderful crowd. Are you excited about where we're headed? Are you excited about what God is doing? Before you leave here today, I want you to get around, and we're going to put these up in the lobby, and you'll see them. And and for the picture, I get to wear the hat. (laughs) How's it look? (laughs) You know, with a bow tie, I don't think it's working. (laughs) But I'm excited. And I want you to take your time. Please allow, there are seats out there. We would like any of our seniors who, who need uh, a place to sit down. We want you to be able to enjoy um, the event. And so we've put those chairs out for you and for your comfort. And the rest of us will find us a spot all and around the tent. You'll see the tent out there. That's where the actual groundbreaking is going to take place. Thank you for hanging out, for staying here and being with us. Let's go break ground. All right. God bless you.